For more than 10 years now, the Process Automation Supplier Community has been working on new networking technology that would finally allow Ethernet to be extended to field instruments with power and communications over a single pair of wires and in hazardous areas to boot. In this past spring at the Akima Pulse Virtual Trade Show, a consortium of suppliers and all the key standards development organizations announced that specifications and chipsets for Ethernet Advanced Physical Layer, or Ethernet APL, were ready for prime time. But what comes next? Hello, this is Keith Larson, editor of Control Magazine and ControlGlobalGut.com. Welcome to this Solution Spotlight episode of our Control Amplified podcast, sponsored today by Emerson. With me today to talk about Ethernet APL and what it means for the future of field communications in the process industries is Paul Sirico, Director of Marketing and Product Strategy for the Fieldcom Group. Welcome, Paul, and a real pleasure to chat with you today. Well, you know, thanks a lot, Keith. And in addition to my role at Fieldcom Group, I've also been very active in the Ethernet APL uh, marketing committee over the past several years. So you know, anytime that I get an opportunity to talk about um, the you know, profound change that I think Ethernet APL will eventually bring to the process automation business, um, I'm welcome to do so. Yes, absolutely. And there was there was a method of my madness recruiting you to speak uh, at this podcast, obviously. We've both been involved, obviously, in developments on the Ethernet APL front, you even more so than me. But in a just completed survey of control readers, most of our respondents said they were just somewhat aware of this new technology. Obviously, it's brand new. That's to be that's to be understood. Part of the purpose behind this podcast is really bring people up to speed and what the potential is and, and how that can work on their behalf. I'll have a little bit more on that survey a bit later, but maybe to start things off, maybe you can just review what unique advantages Ethernet APL brings to field communications. And then we can talk about the survey maybe a little bit more um, after that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll do that. But first, I, I actually want to say that I'm, I was pleased with the percent of people that indicated that they were somewhat aware with Ethernet <laughs> APL. Yeah, um, you know, we, we had a, we, we'd asked this question on a survey back in early 2019. I mean, literally over 80% of the respondents were either unaware or had a limited awareness of Ethernet APL. Mm, okay. So I kind of count these results as a win for the hard work that the Ethernet APL marketing team has been doing over the over the past several years. Oh, so I, I, I was excited by the results. So <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, but 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 with regards to your question, I, I I think it's important to realize that for quite some time now instrument and infrastructure suppliers have really wanted to extend ethernet networking capabilities to the field level but you know doing this requires a physical layer uh, that meets the demanding needs of process automation and you'd mentioned a couple of these things in your in your introduction mm -hmm. uh, deployment in hazardous areas is certainly one yeah. uh, support for long cable runs is another um, and you know, copper is expensive, so a two-wire solution is really something that's that's needed because that's what they use today. Mm -hmm. And those two wires have to carry both power and communications. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, the technology, and you know, by that I mean the standards and components that would require to implement high-speed Ethernet APL with these requirements, even with these requirements, it just hasn't been available until now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so in, in and of itself, the Ethernet APL physical layer is unique in that it just meets these installation and deployment requirements for the process automation industry. 
Um, but probably, the, you know, the most notable additional advantage is speed, which we, we haven't talked about yet, but mm -hmm. Ethernet APL is a 10 megabit per second standard communications rate. And, you know, that offers, that are, those are, digi those are tr digital transmission speeds that are orders of magnitude right. faster than kind of precursor process automation physical layers like 4 to 20 milliamp, which is really bound by 1200 or, you know, 9600 baud mm -hmm. uh, modems and, and field bus, which is faster, but nowhere near 10 megabits per second. Right. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think one of the things that's interesting about the, uh, having Ethernet this layer is the ability to accommodate multiple protocols and do things that are uniquely Ethernet skills uh, compared to our our legacy environments in the industrial in the industrial space. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. In that survey that we did of control readers, all these characteristics were really identified as as important. Um, and if, and for those of you who are who get Control Magazine, uh, we'll have some some. This is better. Um, fodder for graphs and, and uh, bar charts and things like that. So some of this stuff, you can pick that up in our September issue when that comes out or come back to the to the website in September and you'll be able to see see the full survey results in, in, in detail. Very right. Um, faster data rates and hazardous area suitability certainly came out on top. I do think that the fact that Ethernet APL is protocol independent can get confusing when, when you talk about accommodating multiple protocols over the same wire. Um, can you kind of unpack that a little bit and what that means from a practical perspective? I don't think people are used to having, in the context of field instruments, the ability to have different things going on in the same pair of wires. That's, that's yeah, you know, and honestly, that's a, that, that that's going to require kind of a mindset change on the part of engineering firms and process automation, systems designers and things like that, because you know, we like to say in the Ethernet APL marketing committee that Ethernet APL is just a physical layer. You know, it's 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 just that. Um, and so what's happened, you know, in the past in process automation, at least, is that the physical layer and the application layers have been kind of coupled together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in four to 20 milliamp, you've got heart which is the application layer sitting on top of the four to 20 milliamp phi and, you know, in foundation field bus and, and um, in, in profit bus PA, you have a digital protocol embedded into the field bus physical layer. Right. Now with Ethernet APL, that metaphor has been kind of blown apart. So the physical layer is actually decoupled from the application layer. And that's, you know, it should, it should be intuitively obvious to anybody that has a, you know, an IP network deployed in their home and, mm -hmm. you know, you have printers on it and cameras on it and doorbells on it and computers on it and things like that. And all of those devices are using different application protocols, but they're using a common media access and transport protocol, which is IP, Internet Protocol, basically. Um, so, you know, we've decoupled that with Ethernet APL and I want to, I've got an example that I want to talk about because I think okay. that this decoupling is going to ultimately enable much flexible and simpler network designs, network infrastructure designs, and eventually new instrumentation and instrument architectures as well. Uh, but let's first address the flexible network design topic. 
our 2018 plant of the year fieldcom group has an annual program called the plant of the year yeah. um yeah i know you're very familiar with it because you publish a story about it in the fieldcom group supplement every year in control um, but anyway our plant of the year winner back in 2018 was the shell prelude floating liquid natural gas facility located off the coast of western australia yeah. well off the coast of western australia yeah. Now, now this plant has 8,000 foundation field bus devices for control, 4,500 heart devices for safety instrumented systems and fire and gas systems, mm -hmm. and over 1,000 wireless heart transmitters, I believe, um, for doing various monitoring and optimization and, uh, and, and, and those types of analytic applications. And then they've got a whole software architecture, analytic software and stuff that runs alongside and on these you know, on the on these instruments like Valve Link and other analytics software. So, you know, so to engineer this system, the integrator that needed to do this, um, they needed to at least deploy wiring and infrastructure for heart, mm -hmm. wiring and infrastructure for FF, mm -hmm. and Ethernet for the top end of the wireless heart gateways. Right. So you have three separate networking infrastructures in the in the facility at least yeah. okay now you know if the facility were instead based on ethernet apl a single network could be deployed and the engineering firm could then pick kind of the best automation protocol for the various applications implemented in the facility but it all runs over the same network infrastructure so maybe you want to use profinet for motor control mm -hmm. hard ip for basic instrumentation and control and maybe Ethernet IP for complex um, analytical instrumentation and, and the software associated with that. Mm -hmm. now, now that's just an example, but you can imagine the flexibility that's being gained by deploying an Ethernet only only architecture mm -hmm. um, into that into that facility. Yeah. And then, so that's yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, and then you can then there's other types of devices that we haven't really. Envisioned having part of a, a camera, let's say that's what I guess yeah. would be a yeah. TCP/IP yeah. of a protocol, and, and still leverage that same uh, infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, cameras would be a good, you know, a, a basic video camera is a great example. What about a thermal imaging camera? Yeah, um, you know, there's oh, just think about the various things that are sitting on your home or home network today. Yeah. Um, or or your or your corporate network, and imagine how an industrial process automation focused implementation or instantiation of them would be. That's now enabled because of the Ethernet APL physical layer and its ability to be deployed mm -hmm. in intrinsically safe hazardous areas. That's a huge. It's a huge game changer. Mm -hmm. So the other thing I, I think I think it's important to realize though is that you know all of this is going to be a journey and. Right. You know, we've just kind of described a gee whiz scenario. So, mm -hmm. you know, but in reality, Ethernet APL, it, it's going to take time to gain market share. Um, it's a conservative industry, the process automation industry. And, you know, it's kind of incumbent upon standards development organizations like Fieldcom Group and suppliers like Emerson to provide a reasonable roadmap for the journey uh, that a user will undertake to adopt the technology. We can't. I can't overestimate how important it is to not oversell this at right. this point in time. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. We also asked our readers to score the, the relative merits of seven different value propositions that APL addresses. Um, and 
the first among relative equals, they were all, they all deemed important, was fast and easy device installation and commissioning. I was surprised to see that rank so highly versus something more oriented on ongoing operations, really focused on the project activities up front. Do you think that's kind of a symptom that people are used to um, interfacing with their smart transmitters only when they're installing them and commissioning them versus on a regular basis? Or what do you think is going on there? Yeah, you know, well, I, I think you brought up a point in, in when you introduced the question that I think is really cool, which is that we, we mentioned these seven different value propositions and all of them mm -hmm. were fairly equally, you know, distributed in terms of uh, in terms of importance. Sure. Um, and I, I like your term first among equals. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I think I, I think fast and easy device installation and commissioning is kind of uh, it's kind of the low hanging fruit feature. Mm -hmm. you know, speed is something that's easy to understand. So I'm not really all that surprised by this. And, you know, the place where speed is most obvious is when you're installing and commissioning hundreds of instruments. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about that, the Prelude facility that we mentioned earlier with, you know, tens of thousands of devices. And, you know, as diligent as I'm sure the, the engineering team was in um, in pre-configuring these devices, I'm sure that during startup, they found some some things that needed to change. And, you know, there you are, you know, it's, little, uh, it's, not, you know, it's, it's not like that. That takes days. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, not, it's not like downloading an app on your smartphone, uh, which is a much exactly. bigger file. And we're, we're also used to that happening so quickly in our personal lives. Exactly. You know, I just got a 5G phone, too. And I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. This is the greatest thing <laughs> in beer. <laughs> so, what should I do next? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, so speed is kind of a low hanging fruit feature, and using speed to, you know, to make this, you know, onerous task of commissioning uh, devices much less onerous and, frankly, much less costly and much less labor intensive and probably much less prone to error is a is a big is a big benefit I, I think there are other speed features that will uh speed related features that will become apparent as the industry uh industry partners that are part of the ethernet apl initiative begin, begin to announcing new devices and you know honestly one of the things that i'm looking forward to is to see you know how device vendors might choose to incorporate you know, DDs, drivers, application software, FDI device packages, which should come, mm -hmm. which, you know, could bundle all of those things together on their device, right? As opposed to us apart from the device in a, mm -hmm. you know, in a catalog of, of, of drivers, you know, and when you and I, when we buy a, you know, when, when we install a new piece of software, uh, you know, a mouse or something, you know, one of the first things the system does is it goes out to see whether there is an updated version of it and then it installs it and, and does all of that kind of kind of in the background. And, you know, that's an, it's something that's enabled by having high speed capabilities. And mm -hmm. I think that over time we'll see instrumentation architectures actually actually change and include more onboard software than than they do today. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, there's cost issues, there's memory issues, there's a, a whole host of issues. So I'm, I don't think you're going to be buying them, um, you know, three months from now. Right. But in time, this is one of the uh, one of the features, uh, one of the benefits, frankly, that are enabled through Ethernet APL. Mm -hmm. So something more like what we experience with a with a printer nowadays, where you don't have to go to the website and download a driver. It, it 
you might want to do that from some more advanced uh, features, but usually you plug it in and it reckon handshakes recognizes and away you go. Yeah. Um, not like and if it needs to upslide, if it needs to update something, it does. <laughs> right. It doesn't even ask. <laughs> it yeah. Yeah. Um, I did think one of the interesting things too among these value propositions was um, that was also considered quite important was Ethernet because it is Ethernet, it allows those kind of already established cybersecurity models that are established in the in the Ethernet world to be applied at the device level, which is as as most of us to understand that you know the, the the older digital protocols don't don't have that inherent security built in. And yet we also asked about significant barriers and they one of the barriers was also the fact that using Ethernet there opens it up to um, cybersecurity risk. So can you kind of square that uh, apparent contradiction for our for our listeners today? Yeah, yeah, I I can. Um, <laughs> I, I I can try. Um, I you know I, I I think that you know if a given instrument is IP addressable, if that's kind of the given, then it better have great cybersecurity. Right. Um, so. You know, again, I think it's the job of the suppliers and the SDOs to evolve the technology and then educate and overcome what's clearly going to be, and rightfully so, hesitation on the part of end users to drop IP addressable devices into their plant. You know, and maybe the first thing they'll do is they'll do it on monitoring applications or optimization applications and stay away from from control just be, because of that hesitancy. Right. Um, but it's also incumbent upon the, uh, the, the the SDOs, the standards development organizations like Fieldcom Group, to make sure that you know we've got our ducks in a row in terms of our specifications. Uh, we just released a late, late last year a new version of the Heart specification, of which Heart IP is a component, mm -hmm. and where previously the Heart IP portion of the specification said your device shall have security. <laughs> yeah. The new version says it shall have this type of security and it shall do this and it shall be able to do this. And we're going to test for all of this and validate that, you know, that it's there before we grant you a, a registration certificate that says your hard IP device is, is certified. Now I'd be happy to discuss all of these details and you know PS key encryption and certificates and all of that sort of stuff. But I don't really understand any of that stuff. So <laughs> if you want if you want to do a future podcast with Wally Pratt and geek yeah. out on hard IP security, I'd be happy to introduce the two of you. Sure, sure. Yeah, I know, I know, I know Wally well. I think that's better for the bar, I think, than a, than a podcast, or maybe yeah, you're probably right for the the bar conversation. You're, you're probably right. Yeah, but uh, it's good that some people know how to do that. There's no doubt. Yeah, I thought another interesting comment uh, um, that that was ranked highly as well was in and is one of the really aspects of Ethernet APL and what it opens up is the ability to integrate traditional as well as um, APL devices. You mentioned that um, obviously the, the that shell environment where they had a very mixed architecture with APL. We how is it that you can kind of go forward and still accommodate maybe traditional analog devices with the old uh, frequency frequency shift keying? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, into that hardware. Hey, FSK. I, I actually. Uh, I'm impressed. You know that. <laughs> exactly. 
But then Ethernet yeah. APL devices that also speak hard IP. So there is some commonality there. But then you've really got a third physical layer, as it were, with, with wireless heart, you know, going over the airwaves around us. So how does that kind of commonality across those three different modalities um, accommodate a path forward where if you've got all this existing technology, how, do you, how can you start to incorporate um, other new technologies over, over Ethernet APL in a, in a mixed in, environment? Yeah, you know, and th th this kind of gets to the the point where, you know, where we really need to do a good job of describing the journey that an end user will be on mm -hmm. if they plan to adopt this technology. And, you know, I, I, I went through this a little bit in the early days of Wireless Heart and, and, and ISA 100 when I was involved in an operating company that was actually making products in that space. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we made some recommendations. There were some pretty strong recommendations about where you should use wireless, where you might not want to use wireless, where, mm -hmm. how you might want to evaluate if you're going to use wireless. Right. Um, and I, I think ultimately the same thing is going to happen here with regards to Ethernet APL. So, you know, if you look at you know what? What the industry would love to do is have everything in the in in the plant, including all of your critical control loops. You know, operating under IP addressable under under an IP addressable system. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's going to be a while before the end user community, particularly in areas where you know there are hazardous environments, which is mm -hmm. the primary target area for Ethernet APL, to make that leap. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have a strategy that allows for some commonality as a company migrates from a pure four to 20 milliamp plus, you know, clip on in the field monitoring and, you know, diagnostics and configuration and maintenance and stuff to this fully digital um, solution. And, and, you know, the good news about at least the heart ecosystem is that it's very well known in in the industry so you know if you know you're, you're going to be learning a new networking infrastructure you know with ethernet ip but it'd be nice to have some familiarity with the application software layer and that application software layer is mm -hmm. um is more often than not heart in the process automation industry today so mm -hmm. um you know, so the, you know, the asset management system, the control systems, all the things that you use in, in all the work processes that you use today in heart need to kind of smoothly migrate over into the, into the heart IP world. Um, and that would, that, you know, that'll remove a kind of a big barrier to entry for some users because they won't have to learn, you know, new automation protocols or, or, or new, um, new techniques. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that, I think the single thanks. software environment is is mm -hmm. one of the one of the big things, and you know, I I, I guess I'd, I I would reference the Ethernet APL live um, video demo that was done at the Akama uh, show, mm -hmm. and there's a segment where uh, in in that video where Emerson showed how um, in a single control loop they had a 4 to 20 milliamp device and mm -hmm. an ethernet apl device and from the perspective of the operator or mm -hmm. um, the asset management system you know there 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 was no difference you couldn't you know you wouldn't be able to tell one from the other unless you you, you drilled deeper right and so
that makes a lot of sense. But I think some familiarity yeah. with with the data models that that are part of Heart and have been part of Heart for what forty years now. <laughs> if there's well, well, some well, of well, some well, of built well, built well, in time. familiarity of how those models are are presented and. You know, it's just like it's a it's a semantic model, basically, kind of like the you know, OPC UA talks about semantic models as well. The transport, mm -hmm. the, the 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 language is still there, even if you're um, even if you're um, uh, speaking over a different uh, different technology. Right. The language, right? Is exactly. Still, uh, the unifying. Exactly. And I'm, speaking of that, I mean, Hart has come a long way since it was first introduced back in the '80s, and Hard IP in includes now an integrated security model, which I think you mentioned before, and that'll help address concerns over increased cybersecurity risk. What other aspects of hard IP over Ethernet can help streamline the, the process industry's journey into this uh, this brave new world as we as we journey, journey forward? Yeah, well, you know, one of the um, kind of, I, I guess I'll call it a major initiative in process automation right now is being spearheaded by uh, the Namur organization. Um, with the Namor open architecture um, and the associated use cases and requirements for, you know, meeting the desires of, of that architecture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, much of it is focused not on the core process control systems, but on the monitoring and optimization mm -hmm. systems mm -hmm. that are enabled through digital transformation and IIoT and, and, and all of that sort of thing. That, now, you know, that kind of second alternate path for, for all that other data that's beyond the control. Yeah, yeah and if you, you know, I, we've seen the diagrams with the triangle with the wedge associated, attached to it. And, you know, in that wedge where you have the plant monitoring and optimization and then the um, the path upward to the enterprise-wide monitoring and optimization you end up with uh, you know, a lot of new applications, new analytics and, and things like that. But all of that is predicated um, on having a protocol at the instrument level that is rich in diagnostics and maintenance and configurations capabilities. And you know, Hart has always been perceived as a diagnostics and configuration protocol with you know four to twenty milliamps still being the predominant method of control, right? And you know, but there's a lot of and there's a lot of merit to the claim of heart being probably the most built-out diagnostics capability, having the most built-out diagnostic capabilities of any process automation protocol. Mm -hmm. So that means that the underpinnings of providing the data for these. NOA use cases and the requirements and you know all, all of that sort of thing, it's been there and it's been there for decades. Mm -hmm. So you know the challenge is always with heart has always been you know getting the information out of these four to twenty milliamp twelve hundred odd devices. Right. So you know I, I and I and I think that you know Ethernet APL is going to dramatically simplify that. There's not going to be any of these a lot of gateways. There's not going to be trans you know a lot of um, Mm -hmm. um, translation of data between different levels of the network mm -hmm. and it's going to simplify things and you know what you know better way to take advantage of that than with the you know the protocol that already has all of the bells and whistles needed for doing not advanced diagnostics and analytics and things already built in yeah that makes perfect sense to me that's for sure mm -hmm. 
Although we do have a ways to go. <laughs> to yeah, sure. you know, but, you know, I think the, well, I, 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 I want to talk about that. We do have a ways to go a little bit in, in, in just a little bit because you didn't ask a specific question about it, but I think it's, it's really important to realize the workforce changes yeah. that are, that will be, that are, are already underway and will continue to be underway in the process automation industry as a younger workforce takes the place of, of guys that frankly were very familiar with using four to 20 milliamp, you know, transmitters and, and, and things like that. And as, yeah. you know, as that happens, you're going to bring in a workforce that's going to be more thirsty for knowledge and more um, willing to use these new technologies and more, you know, capable of walking up to an instrument with a, that maybe have, may have Bluetooth capability and being able to connect to it and, and talk to it and, you know, and, 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 and work with it. So, you know, I, I see, you know, the Ethernet APL technology coming out at exactly the right time for the market to transition as we continue this kind of ongoing um, cycle of um, retirement and rejuvenation in, in process automation. And, and those people coming into the into the profession, if they've got any kind of networking training, it's probably on Ethernet. That's probably for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. come on, it's it's it, it, it's our kids, right? It's the you know, we tell them how do how do I get this camera to work? <laughs> <laughs> we ask them absolutely, no doubt about it. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, it, it's going to be an exciting journey, and I think the timing is is good, but. Uh, many, many, many issues to be resolved. And we're starting the journey uh, today with this podcast to help uh, spread the word so people can understand better what, where to contextualize these new products and new architectures that are coming out from the supplier community as, as we move forward. So, so Paul, I want to really thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. You're very welcome. It's, it's been fun. And yeah. um, I look forward to uh, listening to the output and reading the, uh, the content in the, in the September issue. Sounds great. For those of you listening, thanks also for tuning in. Thanks also to Emerson for sponsoring this episode. I'm Keith Larson, and you've been listening to a Control Amplified podcast. Thanks for joining us. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe at the iTunes Store or at Google Podcasts. Plus, you can find the full archive of past episodes at controlglobal.com. Signing off until next time. Thanks again, Paul. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs>